Hello, and welcome to Side by Side Digital, brought to you by Farm Credit Services of America and Frontier Farm Credit. This podcast series tackles topics geared towards young and beginning producers. Each episode, we invite farm credit and ag industry experts to share their insights on financial management, business outlooks, transition planning, and more. In this episode, Bob Campbell highlights the difference between working on your business versus working in your business and gives advice for young and beginning producers on how they can balance the two with questions moderated by Rebecca Shively. Welcome to Side by Side Digital. I'm Rebecca Shively and I'm excited for my conversation today with Bob Campbell, Senior Vice President Business Development at Farm Credit Services of America and Frontier Farm Credit. We're talking about the difference between working on your business versus working in your business. We know it's sometimes easy to get bogged down in the day-to-day running of your operation, and we forget to make time for strategic thinking. Bob has a ton of knowledge when it comes to this topic, and we're really excited to have him with us today. Bob, thanks so much for joining us. I'll go ahead and turn it over to you. Well, thank you, Rebecca, and welcome, everybody. I'm excited to be able to spend some time with you. And what I want to do today is really talk about strategic mindsets that we think are important. And I kind of frame it up as working on the business versus working in the business. My intent today is to offer ideas and offer ways of thinking more than telling you how to run your business. You know how to run your business, and I'm sure you're very successful at it. I'm just going to share some observations of what we've come across over the years as we work with producers. So what do I mean when I talk about working on the business versus in the business? What's the difference? And think about working on the business as the strategic work, looking at your operation. So it's really stepping back and looking at the business that you're running and how you're performing. And then it's doing work like you're doing today around education, around development, around learning new ideas. Perhaps you have a mentor that you like to sit down with. All of that helps you expand your thinking. That's what helps you work on the business versus the day-to-day work of of the business. When I talk about in the business, it's also what I think of as tactical work. It's the day-to-day activities you do that runs your business. It's production. It's keeping track of the books and paying your bills and collecting receivables. It's executing your marketing plan. It's executing your business plan if you have one. And it's hiring people or it's letting people go. It's the day-to-day work of your business. And that's where we spend most of our time, whether you're an ag operator or you're in my role or you're in any other business in downtown, working in the business probably consumes most of our time. So what I want to do is step back and really focus on the big picture, the strategic work of working on the business, because I think that's an area that tends to get the shortest amount of time share of your calendar. And so one thing that we encourage people to do is when you're going to start working strategically, sometimes it's really good to pick your location. Maybe go off-site so you're not distracted. You don't have people walking in on you. The equipment dealer doesn't pull in the driveway or the agronomist doesn't pull in or your hired hands don't walk in and they just interrupt your mind flow and what you're thinking about. So think about how you want to set the environment up as you want to work on the strategy of your business. And you want to start thinking about where are we at today in our business and where are we going? How will we get there? Do we have the right people doing the right things? 
what should we be doing more of that we're really good at? Maybe there's some things that we're not so good at that we should consider offloading to someone else or maybe stop doing. But it really gets you away from the have to get done, the task list of the business of today. Thanks, Bob. I really like the idea of getting out of the day-to-day to really give some time and space for this kind of thinking. So once we've carved out the time and the space, what's the first step we need to take to really get going? It all starts with the mission and vision of your operation. And and mission really just tells you why does your business exist? The vision really sets up the stage of where do you want your business to be in the long term? And when I'm thinking long term, look out 10 years or more and really think out where do we want our business to be? For an example, uh, let's say you're just starting out and you've got a, a nice size operation, but you're also needing to work off farm to pull in some you know, money for cash flow or benefits or whatever. And your vision is to be a full-time operation where you can commit all of your time and energy into the business of producing whatever it is you produce. And your vision is to be full-time. So that's where you want to be. And that's what you're going to start lining up all of the work that you do today to help you move towards that vision for the strategic decisions that you're going to need to make in order to reach your vision. What's important about the vision too, is that you identify what it is and you write it down. And more importantly, you share it with the other members of your ownership team, or hopefully your ownership team puts it all together and your key stakeholders. That's important because we get into what I consider alignment. If all of your partners and your key stakeholders are aligned to your mission and vision, that enables you to make strategic decisions because strategy is about choices. And so if you're all going down the same road and you understand the same outcome that you're trying to get to, that is going to help you be more aligned. It's going to create less friction within your leadership team and less friction creates more trust. The more trust you have, the easier it is to make big decisions because, again, you're all in for the same idea, all in for the same outcome. And if you're able to do that, you just perform better as a management team. I really like this idea of alignment, and I think it's so important. And I'm guessing it's something that a lot of folks struggle with, especially in family businesses. Is that is that a fair statement, Bob? Let me give you an example of, an, of a real-life example of, of when I came across a producer who had a vision, but there was no alignment. They're a multi-generational operation. It's grown under his tenure as the, as the leader. He's getting up there in age and he wants to set it up so that their operation continues to be multi-generational. They have one of the children on the farm uh, that helps him every day. And they have two children who are not involved in the farm at all, but have some expectation to what their stake in the operation is maybe long-term. And so in order to be, make the operation continue down that path of multi-generational, they need to create a transition plan and they need to create an estate plan. And this is where the misalignment starts to occur because the gentleman and his wife cannot agree on the difference between fair and equitable. What's fair for the three children versus what's equitable for the child that is on the farm doing the work, investing their time and energy versus the children who aren't on the farm, but have a reasonable expectation of inheritance, for lack of better words. So when they start talking about it, the husband and wife, they can't agree on that. 
So they stopped talking about it. And what's happened over the years is nothing has been done yet. And so the vision of a multi-generational operation is there, but if they don't do some work around estate planning, they have no guarantee that that operation is going to have the viability it needs to have to continue forward if when they're not around. So the next thing they need to continue to work on is to create alignment and come to conclusion as to the fair and equitable example so that they can move forward and make sure everybody knows kind of what's going on. And so if you understand your vision and if you write it down and share it with your owners, your partners, and your key stakeholders who can help you get there, it will make your progress a lot easier. That's a great example and probably one that we see a lot in ag families where it's hard to gain alignment, especially with family members. I know I've heard a lot of young producers say something along the lines of, well, my dad doesn't really have a vision for the farm or we have different visions for the farm. And it just gets messier the more family members are involved. Do you have any advice on how to get everyone on the same page? That's the $60,000 question right there is depending on where you're at in the in the hierarchy of the family, family businesses are great and they can be tough. I would encourage you to open the dialogue with, in this case, your parents and just talk about what you're thinking about and why you think this is important and to be prepared for some pushback, be prepared for some objections. Maybe they, they aren't ready to talk about it. But cast your concerns and why you think it's important for you and your family to be on the same page. And here's an example I had. Uh, it's been three or four years ago. I was at our side-by-side conference that we have. And I was talking to a, a young husband and wife, and they were on his family's operation. The family had agreed that, yeah, come back and help us, and we'll move you into the operation. We'll move you into management, and we'll start this transition. And it had been five or six years no progress had been made yet. The young couple was trying to have that conversation. The parents weren't really going to engage in it at all. And at some point, they told me, they said, we have to decide if we're going to stay here and commit our time and our energy and resources if there's no future here, or do we take everything we're doing and go start our own operation? Because ultimately, that's what we want. We want to have our own operation. And if it's not through buying out the parents at some point in time, then we need to start now so we have that lifeline to build our operation. But it starts with having those um, crucial conversations. And sometimes it helps to have a third party help you with that dialogue, or sometimes depending on what you're comfortable doing, it's just simply scheduling some time around the kitchen table or better yet, get away from the kitchen table and go off site and just talk about what you're thinking about, what you think could happen and what your desires and goals are for you in the operation. It could be tough, but just be ready for it and and find someone to help you think through your strategy. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think some really good points in there, um, pushing them to have the conversation and remembering at the end of the day, you know, your parents have a lot of the same goals. They want the operation to succeed and probably continue on into the future and they want a legacy to pass down and leave behind. So I think remembering some of those common goals um, can sometimes help start that conversation and pointing some of those out. And and it'd be interesting to find out if they would share with you what reservations or challenges they have if they aren't really ready to have that conversation. And hopefully they'll share them with you. But if you can just get everything on the table and do your best to keep the emotions out of the room and just be 
really mindful of everybody's position in terms of what where they're at. I think you can have the conversation, but assuming that it's going to happen and hoping it's going to happen are not good strategies. So, Bob, after Mission and Vision, I've heard you say that another portent tool is a SWOT analysis. That's S-W-O-T, not like a fly swatter. Uh, and that stands for your strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Can you tell us a little bit more about the process of doing a SWOT analysis? This really is at the forefront, in my opinion, of thinking strategically about your business because it involves two avenues of thought. One is internal. So when you step back and think about your operation, what are the strengths of your operation? What do you do really well? Are you good production managers? Are you good financial managers? Do you do really good at marketing? Do you have a good leadership and, and management team that really builds on each other? What are the strengths that you can use then that carries you forward as you pursue your vision? Likewise, what are your weaknesses? And, and I define weakness really as simply as anything that gets in the way of success. I also believe that spending time and money to make a weakness a strength can be a challenge when you can probably take those resources and make your strength stronger. But can you take a weakness and at least get it to neutral so it's not standing in the way of success? And so a, a weakness internally could be poor communication between the owners. It could be lack of, for that operation, I, I threw an example out a minute ago, a lack of an estate plan. That's a weakness that maybe they should be working on. Could be you identify that we're really good at production. We're really good at financial management. We're kind of weak in marketing. So what do we do around that? Once you figure that out, you look outside of your business to the external and you look at opportunities that are out there for you that maybe you can capitalize. Are you leasing ground from a landlord who is thinking about selling the ground and you have the opportunity maybe to purchase it? or a neighbor who has a bunch of pasture that they're willing to lease out that would allow you to expand your livestock herd. You know, maybe there's an opportunity for another channel of income streams to come into the operation. And then uh, conversely, you look at threats. Again, these are external threats, so you don't control them, but you can look out there to see, are there any threats that we should be aware of that we should plan around? For example, do you have a key input supplier that is really important to your business and they're subject to a merger and, and you could lose the local location or government regulation or tax laws, any of those things that you have no control over, but you have the ability to manage around if you just put some forethought into it. So the intent then is to roll this together as part of your business planning process to really highlight your strengths identify those one or two weaknesses that in the next year or two you'd like to work on to neutralize them, and then think about opportunities that you can capitalize on, and then be aware of any threats that could alter the way you run your business. So a SWOT analysis is really a, a really key tool. So it sounds like the SWOT analysis can be really helpful in maybe finding some areas that you want to focus on, or maybe some goals that you're striving for. I've heard you talk about this before, Bob, in making the distinction between a short-term goal and a long-term goal. And when you think of short-term goals, you know, it's something within, you know, the next 12 months. Long-term goals are anything longer than that. 
so your short-term goal, if we go back to your SWOT analysis, you might build a short-term goal out of taking a weakness and neutralizing it. And a long-term goal might be something you see as an opportunity that you want to work towards. But all of those are in line with where you want your business to be long-term. They align with your vision. So that if you start setting goals that go counter to your vision, you know that you're not aligned and you can step back and say, okay, are the goals wrong or is our vision not quite where we want it to be? But if your vision's solid, you should be able to reach back into your goal setting process and create the goals that help you move forward towards your vision. Okay, Bob, so you've sketched out mission, vision, and a SWOT analysis, and then breaking it into goals. What's the next step we need to consider when working on our business? I'm going to flip gears on you a little bit, and we're going to talk about the mindsets or the roles that we see in business, that we see in ag operations, or we should see more of. And these align with the strategic thinking of your operation. So I'm thinking about strategic roles first and foremost. So let's just walk through some of the more typical ones. And I'll start with the chief executive officer, your CEO. Obviously, that's the ultimate decision maker in the operation. That role is accountable for the strategic direction of the business. They're accountable for everything that ultimately happens, and they're the leader. And so um, you've got to have somebody that can ultimately say yes or no. Chief financial officer. This person needs to know everything there is to know about the financial condition of the business. How are we doing in terms of debt? How are we doing in terms of cost of production? How are we doing in terms of our operating efficiency ratios? They're probably your liaison to your accountant, but they understand at a high level the financial position of the business, where its strengths are, where its weaknesses could be, and that position helps you think about the what-if scenarios is you scenario plan about possible opportunities for your operation. Chief marketing officer, CMO, that person is designed or responsible to make sure that your marketing plan is developed to begin with, that you have a marketing plan, and that it's being executed either by somebody within your company or your team, or if you've outsourced it, they know what the marketing plan is and they have the accountability to make sure that it's being executed. They also have the accountability to touch base with other members of the leadership team to find out how are we doing in terms of production? How are we doing in terms of last year's crop that's in storage and the condition of that? And do we have good bushels that we can still market? And are we on pace to produce what we think we are? So we know as a marketing part of the organization, we know what bushels or pounds that we have available to market. COO is your chief operating officer. So somebody has the mindset of all things logistic, all things that are needed to run the business on a daily basis. Do we have the right people? Do we have people? Are vendors lined up and are they performing like they should be performing? Is our uh, transportation and equipment up to par and is it ready to roll? So it's, it's the day-to-day organization of the business. CPO, this is one chief production officer. This isn't one that you commonly see in agriculture. You do see this title a lot in the manufacturing business. 
I would contend that agriculture is manufacturing. We're producing pounds, we're producing bushels, and we're marketing them. So when you think about strategically, who on your team is thinking about the crop rotation or the livestock? Who's thinking about the genetics that you're putting into the crop or the livestock? Who's thinking about the diversity of, and, and, and let's say you're thinking about doing double crop or you're thinking about doing cover crop or you're thinking about bringing a whole new line of genetics into the herd. Who thinks about that and who puts the, the plan together for the year, maybe a two or three year plan of production so that you can start doing your financial forecasting? But who's accountable for the production of the operation? Your chief technology officer. We all know how technology is coming into the ag space, we know about the reliance we have on technology. Who on your strategic leadership team is thinking about the technology stack that you need to have in your operation that allows you to get real-time data, that allows your equipment in the cab to run right? Who vets out the vendors that you you might use for their reliability and customer service? Who knows how your various systems can talk to each other so that you don't create silos of data that you can't use? How does your CPA get the data from your bookkeeping system so they can give you the data that they need to give you or your agronomist or whatever? So who's thinking about generically the overall technology solutions that you need to deploy into your operation and how that's all gonna work? At the end of the day, somebody's gotta be accountable for the direction of the company Somebody's got to know the numbers. Somebody should be accountable for the marketing of what you produce at a level that provides revenue that's in excess of what the demands are and gives you a return to your ownership. Somebody has to make sure the lights are on and all the employees are lined up and the trucks are ready to roll and and everything is ready to happen. The branding crew is all lined up. Somebody has to have a vision of what you're going to do in terms of production. And, and just as importantly, somebody's got to have a line on the technology. All of these roles are critically important. The mindsets are critically important. And so if you're an operation with one or two people, odds are you're not going to fill all of these hats. You're not going to have an interest in all of them. So the question I would pose to you is, which ones are noticeably absent as you think about your operation? And how do you bring that thinking into your management team, whether it's an outside person acting as an advisor or as someone that you need to bring into the management team as an employee. Either way works, but if you're the CEO of your business, what I would encourage you to do is become really good at delegating jobs that others can do, so you have more time built into your weekly or monthly routine into the strategic work of the business. Does that make sense? How does that resonate in terms of what I talked about, in terms of the roles and the mindsets? Makes total sense. But what happens if you have more than one person interested in the same role? Maybe two siblings both going for that CEO job? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I would probably sit down and really articulate what is it we expect of this role? What strengths do we need to bring to that table for that role? And who best fits those strengths today? Maybe down the road that changes. Maybe over time that the operation outgrows the capacity of who the CEO is today, for example, use that as an example, and the other person might have the capabilities. I've always thought of uh, what I call situational leadership. I think businesses need the leadership based on where they are in their stage of maturity 
an early stage operation might need a different kind of CEO or a different kind of management team than a business that's multi-generational and is really complex. So I would balance it probably, I would start with the needs of the business first and the needs of where do you want to go? And if you both can't agree on it, maybe you bring some stakeholders in to provide input on what they think the strengths and opportunities be, could be for each, each of the people. That makes a lot of sense. You know, earlier you were talking about time and delegating. Um, do you have any advice on how much time someone should be spending on this idea of working on the business in some of these strategic spaces that you've been talking about? That's a really good question. You know, when you're first starting out, I would tell you it probably depends a little bit on the complexity and the velocity of your business. I would set up a routine, though, even if you're just starting out, whether it's once a month or a couple times a month, can you just schedule a couple hours and really sit back and, and really think on how is the operation doing? How are we doing as a management team? How are we leading? Are we communicating really well? How are we doing in terms of our forecast and where we think we would be at this point in time of the year? So if you can just build a couple hours a month in at least, but quarterly at least, I would probably sit back and schedule time to really sit back and look at how are we doing on executing our marketing plan? How are we doing on overall production? And then what do we see that's different in our assessments of the future? And are we still in line with where we want to go from a vision statement? There's no hard and fast rule. I would tell you the vast majority of producers spend hardly any time in this area. Again, not ag. I've, I talk to business owners outside of ag, and it's no different, especially family-run businesses. So any time that you can commit and put on your calendar and formalize to just do that work, you're going to be probably ahead of the, of the pack by miles if you would just schedule some time to do this. The more that your business gets complex and the more wheels that you have spinning and balls in the air, I would say is the ownership team, you're going to have to do more of that and less of the day-to-day, and you're going to have to start delegating more. Let me give you an example of that. I was going to use this example later, but I think it fits in here. I know a family several years ago now already, I've probably measured decades, they decided they wanted to start their own custom feeding business. And one of the brothers was really good and wanted to be kind of the chief, what I would call the chief operating officer, and also said, we'll produce the feed. I'll get the people lined up and we'll grow the crops. We'll put the corn in the bunker. We'll have all the crops we need, or we'll procure whatever feed we need that we can't produce. The other brother was really, really good at livestock, procuring livestock, getting cattle that would feed well. And he had a deep history in the futures market. He knew how to do the marketing with hedges and puts and all the stuff they do. So that's how they started. And when they started, they were both just day to day in the business. Well, they were successful. They added a lot of clients. They grew their capacity. And over time, it caused them to have to bring on somebody that could formally do the CFO work because they couldn't do it anymore. And then they brought in some foremen that helped keep the farming crew going and the livestock crew going. And they just continued to evolve in where they spent their time. Recently, the brother who was in charge of marketing and procuring cattle, he was still doing a lot of the marketing of placing the hedges and the puts and, and doing that work. And he figured out he didn't have bandwidth and their customer base is getting big enough. So he found a, a marketing firm that he could use and trust. And so they're, they're placing the orders every day, but he created an accountability 
system to where he can see every day a dashboard of the cattle they have on feed, the pens they have, and where those positions are. And then he can talk to that marketing firm daily if he needs to, but he's not doing the trades anymore. He's not executing the trades, although he loves to do it. He was running out of bandwidth. So he had to find stuff that other people could do that he could pay for, whether on staff or, or hire a, a contract. So he could do the work that nobody else in the operation could do. Now that's taken a lot of years for those two to get to that level, but they did that. They, they continually said, what are we going to stop doing so we can take care of the business of our business and we'll hire people to do more of the tactical work. You'll have to do that by feel, but you should always be looking at that as an owner of a business. What should I be doing more of and what should I be delegating? Thanks, Bob. That's a great story of how things can shift as an operation evolves over time. You know, we've been talking a lot about this idea of working on the business, but you know, you haven't really touched on this whole idea of working in the business yet. Okay, so let's spend a few minutes just in working in the business. We've been speaking about working on the business a lot. And I think you guys, everyone in here would under, would recognize that when you think about the tactical roles, and I say tactical because this is the stuff of execution. This is what you do every day to make your business run. It is, it's about producing the bushels. It's about getting the pounds off the grass. It's about your people that you have working for you every day. How are they performing? Are they showing up? Are they doing what you expect? You have a good alignment with them. It's executing the marketing plan. It's executing your risk management plan. Do you have the right crop insurance, the right livestock insurance in place to protect your bottom side? And it's about the daily accounting and, and paying the bills and collecting receivables. And it's about turning on the technology. And when you're at the, at the, at the working shoot and you hope that the scale on the shoot works and you turn it on and it does, you're like, yay. Or the cab, the technology in the cab, uh, it's working. So it's, it's the tactical roles that you're involved with all the time. And I would tell you, people start their businesses because they love doing elements of this work. They love production. Maybe they love marketing. Very few start an ag operation because they love accounting. It's a necessary evil, I get that. But there's usually some things in here that people really like. What's important here though, just like I talked about on the strategic roles, is that the people that are in these capacities have open, frequent, and transparent communication so that you know at any given time, how are we doing at executing? Are we producing what we thought we produced? Are we marketing where we thought we would be marketing? Real-time communication around what's working and what's not working. And it's heads down, the task list, things break, stuff happens, you take care of it. It's really easy to stay in this mode 24-7, 365. And you can do that if you don't climb a tree and look, if you're going down the right path still, and you're trying to get to where you want to go, how do you know that what you're doing daily is going to make your business progress and mature and evolve? So when you put this all together, operating today, whether it's an ag business or any business, but particularly ag business, you got to have a healthy mix of strategic and tactical mindsets. You got to know where you're going. You got to know what the vision for your operation is. And then you align your decisions to help you get there. Commit the time that you need to take to do some strategic work. Don't let all the day-to-day -day stuff consume you. And make sure that you you have the roles present 
that help you think broader to give your operation the chance to take advantage of opportunities when they come up and that you know you're going down the path that you want to go down for your business. And I hope today that I brought some ideas to your thinking that will help you in the long run. And if anybody wants to visit at any time, please just reach out. But just remember this, you care about more about your business than anybody else. So take the time to think about the big picture and then bring the people in that can come alongside you and help you be successful. Think beyond today, align the day-to-day work with your vision and commit the time you need to commit to work on your business. So Bob, is there any kind of last piece of advice that you'd want to leave the audience with as we kind of wrap up here? First of all, I want to say thank you for joining us today. Just the fact that you took the time out of your schedules to look at and listen to something that probably is not something you would hear all the time. It speaks so loudly for what you're trying to do for your business. So do what you can as you plan your week, as you plan your month, sit down and, and block some time on your calendar for this kind of work. If you don't have, if you're a, a one or two person team and, and you want to bring some advisors in, spend some time thinking about who that might be. Block some time out, spend some time thinking strategically, and then go back to the day-to-day tactical work because it always will be there. 24-7, 365, there's always a to-do list. You got to defend your calendar a little bit so that you can think about where your business is going. So if I, if there's anything that I could get through today, it would be that one thing. Schedule some time to think big. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Side by Side Digital brought to you by Farm Credit Services of America and Frontier Farm Credit. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts or post your comments or questions on Facebook and Twitter using the hashtag SXS Digital. For more information or to watch the full webinar and other educational content from our Side by Side Digital series, visit fcsamerica.com slash SXS Digital. Thanks again for joining us.